0: I have no idea what to say right now. How could any words ease the pain right now? Something like this will never make sense, will never make sense at all. I have no idea what to say. Don't have answers, and you just can't understand it. When your mind is running and the tears just keep on coming. But don't have to explain it. He hears you before you can speak. Come with me, let's take it to Jesus take it to Jesus This is a place you can rest for a while If you need to just fall
1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the United Pentecostal Church of Paris on this Wednesday evening. If you want, go ahead, stand up, look around someone, y'all act like y'all are happy to be here, and just sort of give everyone a warm welcome, a warm smile, give them a hug if you're feeling entitled to it. We have a few announcements we're going to make real quick. Mother's Day is May 8th, so if I'm not mistaken, that is this Sunday. And so that is super exciting. Husbands, sons, daughters, do not forget that. You will be in a heap of trouble. And then everybody say "Youth Youth Sunday. That will be not this coming Sunday, but next Sunday, May the 15th. And that night or that evening is also going to be graduation Sunday. And so that is a real big deal and a real awesome deal. So make sure to be there for that. And then the following Sunday after that is a baby dedication. And that is Sunday, May 22nd. And then Brittany Harrison and Brandon Cleveland wedding. That is here at the church at 7 p.m. May 28th. And then mission pledge... Is May 29th. We got a lot going on in May. Exciting little month. And then VBS, June 6th through 10. And the sign up sheet is in the foyer for anyone that would like to help. I'm super excited to be able to get to help this year. And I'm really excited for the vision we have for the children and everything like that. And so I'm just really excited for what God is doing, not just for us right now, but for the future generations that we're preparing and building up right now. So if you would, please stand with us tonight and let's go before the Lord and let's give him all we've got in worship and praise.
0: All for your glory I enter the gates With nothing but things I want to magnify your word I want to bring you more than words. I enter the gates I'm reckless with things I bring a heart that wants you first All for your glory My soul will see, my soul will make this place an altar. Make this place an altar. See, my soul will see, my soul will make this place an altar. Make this place an altar. Place an altar. Sing my soul, will sing my soul. Will make this place an altar. Make this place an altar. Sing my soul. The gates come reckless with brain do bring on the what you does all So
1: And give him the thanks that we owe him that he's owed that's all we want to do and that's all we should feel that we want to do because that is our duty and that is what we are rightfully called to do tonight we have a few prayer requests we're going to take before the Lord Mandy Gibberson is patient Joe Bass Sister Chris Anders Carla Clark Carolyn Clark Paul Binion Dia Cheshire, Myra Dunsonberry, Tom Harris, Ralph Dove, Dawson Huey, Curtis Morris, Linda Adams, Carol Hosh, Sister Lois Weems, Sister Billy Bolton, Brother Bob Bolton, Gabby Shoemake, Brother Sister Dickie, Brother Sister John Proctor, Brother Charles and Sister Nell Fleming, Brother Sister Alton Bristow and Billy and Jeremy Tornado. And at this time, if you have any need in your body, your mind, or any sort of need that you need touched, if you want to at this time, this altar is open and our ministers will anoint you with oil. Jesus, I thank you, God. Thank you for your love, for your mercy, and for your grace. And God, thank you for the God that you are. And Lord, not even just that, But thank you for all the things that you've done for us, Lord. And God, we don't want to just praise you on the mountaintops, but God, we want to praise you in the valley as well. In Jesus' name, I plead your blood over each and every one of these needs and over every person here tonight as well. In
0: Jesus' name I pray. Amen. How how he saved me, how he raised me. Jesus, Lord, you're worthy of all the glory.
1: Serving a live God, right, church? Woo! And I'm so grateful for that. There was, a, there was a short exchange in the nutrition club this week. My mother was talking, and you know, she was just sort of talking to someone about our praise and our worship in our church. And, you know, sometimes we might have the tendency to, you know, sort of let loose and really show God what we mean and how much we really love Him. And, um, you know, he was, sort of, he was sort of saying, I just don't know if that's necessarily for me. And I told him, I said, well, do you think we serve an alive God? Because if you think we serve an alive God, then I promise you, he wants an alive praise from you. And that's about the least that we can do for him. And I'm glad we serve an alive God. And, and even if that means I got to get a little uncomfortable on Sundays and Wednesdays, then man, so be it. Because my goodness, if he was just a bump on a pickle top God, then I can't say that I'd be here tonight, quite honestly, church. And so at this time, we're going to take our tithe and offering if the ushers would come. Jesus, thank you so much, God for all the many blessings that you've poured out upon us and all the many things that you've also kept us from, God. Thank you so much, Jesus, for your love and for your mercy and your grace. I pray that you would bless the givers here tonight, God, and all the people that aren't able to attend tonight. I pray that you would bless them as well. In Jesus' name, bless this offering. Bless these people spiritually, financially, physically, and emotionally. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Let us to the Lord come, let us down before Him. His banner is over us, His mercies are. i yeah.
2: a contribution you have made to our social system. The thrill of upgrading the spiritual economy is a reality and is a very real exercise of faith based on some of the statistics of looking around tonight and sensing what is a possibility based on human statisticians. There should be sixty to 100,000 people affected by what happens in this meeting tonight. That is an awesome realization. We have with us tonight the angels of God. We have with us tonight the Word of God. We have with us tonight the blood of Jesus Christ. We have with us tonight the name of Jesus that satisfies the need of every human. We have with us tonight the angels of God that that accompany him, his word, and his worship. I'm telling you, tonight is a notable night. What you cannot see is far greater than what you can see. What you cannot feel is greater than what you have felt. I'm here to tell you greater is he that is for us than he that is against us, and we are celebrating the Messiah tonight. I thrilled to bring somebody to this pulpit that was an idea of God years ago. He birthed this man to a family. And we are so appreciative. of Brother Riley, I want you to slip on up here if you will. And uh, we thrill at the desire. The Bible said, through desire, a man separateth himself and intermeddleth into all wisdom. He has attended church service after church service, prayed in prayer rooms, sought the face of God, wound up traveling extensively overseas in numerous countries. He's presently completing a master's degree at Urshan College, has a first book series on prayer coming out in June, and the biggest thing of all, he's a friend of mine. We are glad. Would you stand and make welcome Brother Riley Martin from way up in Ohio. Indiana. I knew his family for a while. God bless you.
3: If you love the Lord, why don't you give that hand clap to him right now? If you love your pastor, a man of faith, getting up here and speaking a word of faith, why don't you clap your hands if you love your pastor right now? It's a great privilege to be in Paris, Texas. I've enjoyed my time here. I have seen the Eiffel Tower and loved it. <laughs> uh, the Meyer family's been so sweet. and In fact, everybody here has just been so sweet and so kind to me and and everything. So I give honor to your pastor. I give honor to this family trio up here leading us in worship. Such an amazing facility you guys have here to be proud of, and I'm thankful for the blessings God has placed on this church. I want to get right into the word. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 24, verses 42 and 44, and then we're going to go backwards to verses 13 and 14. I'm excited for what God's going to do tonight, because when he truly gets in it, it's exciting. Amen. We're going to go Right into it tonight, going right into Matthew 24, and you know, when I, uh, when your pastor asked me, I'm like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be teaching, if I'm supposed to be preaching, but I was talking with God earlier, and I guess he wants me to be preaching, so uh, I think we're going to be preaching, and y'all are going to have to get with me, all right? Matthew chapter 24, verses 42 and 44, it says, watch therefore, for you know not What hour your Lord doth come? But know this, that if a good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched, and he would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready. Verse 44, be ye also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. And then we're going to go backwards to verses 13 and 14, Matthew 24, verses 13 and 14. We're pulling out all the, all the stops going straight to the end time chapter today on a Wednesday night Bible study. Matthew twenty four thirteen and 14 says, But he that, endure, that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. And then shall the end come. I want to talk to you guys, preach to you guys today about a prayer revival in the last days. A prayer revival in the last days. Will you mind lifting up your hands and let's just go before the Lord in prayer right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for your spirit in this room. We pray that you'd move in a mighty way. God, anoint my lips of clay to speak your word. Anoint every ear in here to hear what you have to say, Lord. Let us be the ones that affect generations. Let us be the ones that affect this city. Let us be the ones that affect the world through our prayers, through our hunger for you. We thank you, God, for what you're going to do tonight, God. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in this place. And we lift you up and praise your name in advance for what you're going to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, y'all may be seated if you get with me in preaching. The year was 2016. I was a fresh 19 year old. I was one year into college and I was hungry for revival. I was hungry for it. I wasn't satisfied with anything else but a worldwide, ground shaking, soul saving, red hot revival that would take place all around me in my life and those around me in my church and my city. I locked myself in a cabin for seven days and started praying. I was crazy. I was doing all this stuff. I had pictures set up around the cabin, stuff that I wanted to see happen, people that I wanted to see lives change, situations that were taking place in my life. I would get up early and pray. I would go to bed late and pray. I would pray on the road. I would pray when others were hanging out. I was lonely. I was desperate, but Jesus was my best friend. I even prayed on vacation. I was that crazy for revival that I was like on vacation still praying. One day my dad walked in. I was knelt down. I was trying to touch Jesus. I was praying, and he tapped me on the shoulder, and I leaned up, and I had a single tear dripping from my eye. My eyes were all swollen, and my dad's my pastor, and he, uh, he walked in in that spiritual moment, and he just tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hey, God said to leave him alone. <laughs> You're getting on his nerves. You need to leave him alone, <laughs> He was joking with me. Dad. My dad was the one who put 24-7 prayer in our church, but he was on my case that summer. He he kept calling me names all summer. My friends all thought I was crazy. He joked with me all summer long, but at the end of the summer, almost every single picture I prayed about had results that I could see and I could look at, and I was like, wow, this, this prayer thing, it works. It works. Something got a hold of me that summer in my life was forever changed. And I'd like to present something to this church today, something we all already know, but we are living in the last days. Amen, we are living in the last days. I'm not gonna talk long about it because you've heard it, you've talked about it. You've had so many conversations about COVID and the last days sitting around the dinner table that it's almost habit, you just go right into it. Oh, you know, COVID's here and it's the last days and yeah, we know, yeah. Everybody tell people that don't even go to church are saying, yeah, we're living in the last days. And you're like, what's going on? They're saying it. What what is taking place? But we're living in the last days. Amen. But it looks like, you know, everything around us, we're living in this last days. And in these last days, we must have a revival of prayer that shakes our world. We must have a revival of prayer that shakes our world. I have absolutely nothing new to bring to you today, but I'm simply here to stir up a spirit of prayer. I, and I don't want to spoil, I'm going to spoil my message from the start and say there is nothing like prayer. There is absolutely nothing like prayer. Prayer is everything. Prayer brings life and joy and peace and hope. Prayer is the driving force of the spirit of God. Prayer is the foundation of relationship with God, Prayer is absolutely everything. My dad would always say to me, prayer changes things. And without prayer, you won't make it. In fact, without prayer, you're not going to feel good. You're not going to have too good of a life without a spirit of prayer, without a prayer life going on. Without prayer, you become stagnant where you are. A man or woman who does not pray becomes comfortable with the ordinary. Without prayer, you cannot discern the voice of God. Without prayer, your relationship with God is broken at best. If you want to see the greatest revival this church has ever seen, why don't you clap your hands right now? <laughs> amen, amen. And let me tell you something. It's, it's simple. It's simple. It's prayer. It's prayer, O'Reilly. That's, that's nice. You're a young man that that likes prayer. That's cute. That's special. We we. But we've been a praying church. We've been praying for our city. We've been praying for all these things. I, I've been, I've prayed prayers before. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't quit praying. Go deeper. Reach farther. Pray! And then pray again and pray again. Prayer will lead you to do things you're not comfortable doing. Prayer will lead you to the next dimension. Prayer is the thing that's going to shake your life. That's going to shake this city. It is is prayer. When the people of God get together and pray things will happen. When you pray revival will take place. When you pray life begins to come down. Everything is connected to prayer. When you pray prodigals will come home. When you pray family situations will start to fall into place. When you pray everything changes. When you pray your prayers, your dreams the promises that God spoke over your life that have long been gone. Those promises begin to become resurrected in prayer. It is prayer that changes things. It's prayer that changes. It's prayer that brings alive dreams and promises into the place. I speak to every dream, every promise in this room right now. Every promise, every prayer that's been prayed over this city, that's been prayed over this church. I speak to every broken, every laid aside, every set down, every forgotten promise that God has put in your life right now. Let it become resurrected in prayer. Let there be life. Let there be life. In this room right now, in everything, let it be birthed in a revival of prayer. Prayer is the revival. Prayer is what's going to take place. Prayer is what's going to change things. Allow me to minister for just a second. I'm preaching about a prayer revival. Amen. I'm preaching about a prayer revival. When we say a revival, we mean, oh, we had a good service. We had revival. It was a shout-down service. We didn't even have preaching. It was revival. It was a great revival service. See, that's what we say when we mean revival, but that's not what that word revival means. That's not what the word to revive means. It means to come back to life. It means to be revived. It means something that was once alive, but, but now it's, it's, not, it's not the same state it was once before. It's something that was once alive, but now it's dead. Now it's lackluster. It's not thriving like it once was. It needs revival. It's like this. Calvin and Steven got this bird, right? This bird, Chico. And Chico's sick, Chico needs to be revived, right? Is anybody with me? Are y'all awake out there? That's what revival means. It means something that needs to come back up to a state that it once was or stronger than it was before. It's revival that has to talk place. And so we're talking about revival. We're talking about that resurrection power that comes into your life. And I was praying earlier, and I was studying on prayer, and I felt God prompt to tell me that this church, he has a personal revival for people in this room tonight, that God has a personal revival resurrection that can come to your life a personal resurrection amen that's good stuff hallelujah let's talk a little more I'm talking about people who were once you may not be dead right now it may not be complete dead but maybe you're just in a little rut you need a revival I'm talking about people who have been hurt who have been broken who have been bruised for such a time where it's just kind of numb now it's just kind of you don't even feel that hurt anymore but there's a promise deep in There's something that God put inside of you that needs to come back to life, that needs to be resurrected. There's a promise that needs to be revived. You may be in this room tonight, and nobody knows your pain. Nobody knows what you've been dealing with. Nobody knows the suffering and the hurt, and the enemy's got in your ear, and the devil is a liar. Is anybody with me? The devil is a liar, and he gets in your ear. He begins to twist the word of God. He is a deceiver. He says that when you are, God says when you are weak, that's when you are strong. But the enemy just says, you are weak. You are broken. You are at this state of weakness in your life. And that's all you'll ever be. The enemy the Bible says that when you lose your life, that's when you find it. But the enemy says, you've lost your life. You've lost your purpose. You know that promise that God, give, that God gave you? No, it's not there anymore because you have lost it. But we've got to get back to what God is speaking over our life. Get back to the place where those promises become higher when they're where they once were. The enemy wants to put those promises a little lower. Those expectations of what God wants to do for you, he wants to take them a little lower. Those expectations for your life, for your ministry, for your church, for your city. Oh yeah, I, I had this, this crazy faith once before but now, you know, a lot of stuff has happened in my life. A lot of things have taken place and so it's just here now. No, no, no. That's what revival is that's what revival is for. A revival says, I'm going to take those things and bring them up stronger to where they were. It is not over. It's time to be revived. Somebody lift your hands and begin to praise the name of the Lord right now. Come on, let that spirit of prayer go for a minute. <laughs> It's coming through prayer. Revivals coming through prayer. It's coming through a prayer that changes things. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Stir up a spirit of prayer in these last days. Stir it up in my life, God. Stir it up in my life, God. Take control of whatever you want to do. Shift me, God. Change me, God. Mold me into what you want, God. The Lord is calling his people to a prayer room. Young and old, it's time to pray. Poor and rich, it's time to pray broken and well. It's time to pray. It's time to pray and let me tell you that all the suffering all the pain everything it leads to resurrection it leads to resurrection what did Paul say in the fellowship of his suffering and the power of his resurrection. What's another word for resurrection? Revival what's another word for coming back alive again? Revival it's all connected. You think that the suffering was just to put you down you think the suffering was a set back oh no 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 it was a setup for what God wants to do it was a setup for revival revival in your life that gets connected to everybody else because when you get hot for revival fire begins to spread if just one or two would get a hold of a prayer revival it begins to catch fire on others in the place it begins to catch fire on others around you a prayer revival cannot last with just one or two but it begins to spread and prayer prayer is a uniter prayer is a uniter i was just on a panel in indiana on generations different generations and they asked me a question how do we unite the younger generation and the older generation we've got different songs we have different methods but it's the same version you know Acts 2.17 says that the young men shall see visions and the old men shall dream dreams. And I begin to look it up. I'm like, I want to know what's, what's this difference? What's the difference between the visions and the dreams? I, I want to know this. And I realized this amazing, I got this amazing epiphany from God. Nothing. There is no difference except the method by which it comes. And see, that's what we've got to realize sometimes when we're looking at generations is that the method may be different, but we're all pushing for revival. We're all going for what God is doing. And so the enemy, again, tries to divide, but it's all prayer that gets connected where we we may have a different method by what's going on, but God is putting us together. And so I, it, it comes a little differently. So how do we unite? How do we get these groups together, these groups that that, that they don't really think the same way? They don't see the vision of God the same way and i said this might be kind of simple but if we could just get together and pray for a while i think it'd take care of of all of that and we begin to talk about how 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 is the younger generation going to learn how to pray if there's not an elder I, I didn't learn how to pray except getting around elders in my life, and I'd find people and say, I want to be like them, and I'd get behind them and listen to them pray, and I'd I'd find somebody else. See, that's why you can't stop praying elders, because there's somebody that's got to come on behind you. There's somebody that's got to go behind you, and only you can teach them how to pray. Find somebody else. Find a young person. Find them and say, hey, come on with me. I'm going to show you a little thing about prayer. I'm going to get in the Spirit and show you what to do in prayer. How do we unite generations? Pray together. How do we unite ethnicities? Pray together. How do we unite the youth group? Pray together. Our hyphen group doesn't even really like each other. Hey, pray together. The person in the church doesn't like me over here, and there's division over here, and they really don't understand church growth over here, and they really don't understand what to do if you just get together and say, hey, would you like to go pray for a while? Schedule a prayer meeting. Paris needs saving. Pray, pray, and pray again, and let God speak to you because when you start to pray you'll start to hear the voice of God. Things begin to happen in your life, and God says, go. So you pray, and then you go, and then you come back, and you pray some more, and he says, go some more. That's how it works. It's this cycle that just keeps going and going. I've noticed in my own life, I'm 25, I'm young, but I start to lose my edge sometime. I start to lose my edge in God. I start to lose a little bit of what God wants me to do, and that red hat fire revival. You know what I got to do? I got to find somebody, or there's somebody that's hungrier than me i gotta find someone that's hungrier for what god wants to do than me and normally it's somebody younger than me even at this age i'm like where's somebody that's younger than me that's that's at that place where i was when i was 19 when i said i don't care about anyone else around me i don't care about what else is going on but i've got to get in prayer where's that kid that i can look back to and say hey they're hungry they're hungry can some of that rub off on me you got to find a new convert that's hungry for God, that's praying, Lord, use me however you want me to. Lord, speak to me new dreams, new visions, new promises. I just talked to a guy last week. He's, he's been coming to our church for just a few weeks now, and he's red hot. He's on fire. He's ready to go. He, he doesn't even know. My dad just came up to me and said, man, Carl doesn't know what to do with himself, does he? He's just over here bouncing around. He just wants to be used by God. And so I've been teaching him some things. I've been talking with him in some things. And, you know, he, he's still learning a lot of stuff in prayer. And so I'm showing him, hey, there's this thing called the tabernacle prayer. You can pray this prayer. And I, I showed it to him. I talked with him. He came back to me a couple days later. And he said, hey, man, I, I I prayed the tabernacle prayer. I've never prayed like that before. I was in the spirit for two hours praying, just just seeking after God. And I, I you can have... One of two things. You can say, yeah, man, that's awesome. I'm glad I got to teach that to you. Or it can fire you up and say, hey, I, I used to be at that place. I, I used to be at that level where I, where I was seeking after him. He texted me and said that and said, I've never done anything like that in my life. I've never prayed like that in my life. He's changing our church culture. Why? Because he's hungry. He's hungry. And at the same time, I'm looking at him. I'm training him. I, I'm teaching him some things, but I'm saying, I want some of that hunger for me. I don't want anybody to be hungrier than me. I want some of that in my life. Fire me up again, Lord. Fire me up in the prayer room. Don't let me lose my edge in prayer. When is the last time you got in the spirit and hours felt like minutes and minutes felt like hours and you were just praying before God? What elderly saint that passed on from God? What prayers? do you need to pick up and say, hey, I'm going to pray those prayers. They may may not be able to anymore, but I'm going to pray those prayers over my city, over my church. Who's interceding now? Young people, let me tell you quickly, when you start praying, it's going to be rough. It's going to be tough. You'll feel like you're hitting a brick wall and nothing's happening. It feels like nothing but just keep on praying because when you get through that wall, prayer starts to become exciting. See, we don't pray because our flesh doesn't like to pray. It takes time out of our day. But once you get through that moment, I've been all over the world and there's nothing like a prayer room. There is no place like a prayer room. There's no adventure you can have like you can in a prayer room. Prayer will lead you into your destiny. Prayer is everything. Job had everything stripped away from him. His life was destroyed, but he didn't fall. He didn't fall. When you look at the Bible out of all the characters, it seems like Job is, he went through it. Job went through it, but he didn't fall. And I I always begin to think about this. Why, Why didn't Job fall? He was a man of integrity. He was a man of of integrity, a man of prayer, a man with a relationship with God. And it, but it wasn't that he developed that relationship when the trial hit. It wasn't there because if, if he tried to, to say, okay, my life's a wreck, my life's a mess, now I'm going to try to find an altar of prayer now. I'm going I'm to try to see. I don't think Job would have lasted if he didn't have a relationship already built up, if he didn't already have a lifestyle of integrity, a lifestyle of a relationship with God. See, because when the trial came, when everything began to hit, Job already said, hey, I know where to go. I know where to go. I can pull from this here. Job was a man of prayer. Lord, let my life be a lifestyle of prayer. Moses prayed and let a man let a nation out of Egypt. Joshua prayed and conquered the fortified city of Jericho. Daniel prayed three times and when he came out of the lion's den, the king said, hey, this is a man of prayer. Let this whole nation know we're going to worship the God that Daniel worships. Solomon prayed and wisdom was given. John the Baptist prayed and the crowd gathered. Jesus said, when you pray pray like this the 120 prayed in acts and the fire of the holy ghost fell down the apostles prayed in acts 4 and the place was shaken if we're going to see a revival in the last days we must pray stand with me if you would i'm coming to a close abraham lincoln considered by many lists the greatest president in american history he attended a church in washington dc one wednesday evening to hear a renowned speaker dr gurley he, he would always try to slip in he didn't like anybody seeing him and so he would try to slip in and so the story goes he slipped in the back door and kind of kept the door a little bit open so that he could hear what the preacher was saying and Then on the way back to the White House, he was talking with his aide, and his aide said, what what did you think? What did you think about the sermon tonight? And President Lincoln said, I thought the content was great. The delivery was excellent. And the aide said, so you enjoyed the sermon? He said, no. I did not. He forgot the most important part. He forgot to ask us to do something great. I don't want to make that same mistake today. And there's nothing greater that you can do with your life than get to a spirit of prayer. And so I want to ask this church if we could just spend a little bit of time tonight in prayer if we could just spend a little bit of time touching him. Maybe it's been a while since you've renewed your prayer life. Maybe that's your prayer tonight. God, take me back to a place of prayer that I once was. Maybe it's, you know, you've got a prayer life, but... That spirit of intercession can hit tonight. and and maybe See, there's things that you can do in prayer that nobody else can do. There's moments that you can do in prayer that nobody else can do. I don't think it's any coincidence that Pastor got up here and said that the, the things that happen in this room, it may be a small group, but it could touch thousands of lives. How? Through prayer, through prayer, through prayer. These altars are open right now. I'm asking if you would to come down to this altar for just a little bit and spend some time in prayer. God, stir up a prayer revival in my life. Stir up a prayer revival in my church. Stir up a prayer revival in these last days. Stir me up to the point in prayer that I'll do anything for you. I'll talk to anybody. I'll teach a Bible study. I'll do whatever I've got to do. I'll change whatever I've got to change. Stir up a spirit of prayer in my life, Jesus.
2: To travail for, to take about two minutes, just two minutes. And I'll stop you because I just want us to travail for a couple of minutes. When Zion travails, sons and daughters are born. The atmosphere has been set. And Brother Martin, we thank you for obeying the voice of the Lord and being a conduit to a future for people that you probably will never meet let's cry out to God from way down deep in our stomach and soul give him a big praise for calling us together tonight to new dimensions of God, to new dimensions in our social system. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bless Brother Martin for sharing his heart. Thank you for all that he went through to get a hold of this kind.